bit. Good morning. Ah, I tell you, God is so good. He is so wonderful. These guys are awesome, aren't they? Hey, first off, I want to say thank you for my elders, my board, and for all of you guys. It was nice. Let me tell you, I'm a blessed pastor. I get to uh, go away for a couple weeks, and I never worry if my church is going to be fed, if worship's going to continue. They just pick up, they take off, and... uh, so I'm just blessed. Dee and I just want to say thank everyone for being patient with us while we uh, hid in the mountains in Tennessee for a, a little while. Somebody asked me today what I did. I said a whole lot of nothing. Get up, have <laughs> get up, have coffee on the deck, looking over the mountains. Then said, you know what? That hot tub looks pretty good. <laughs> So you just climb over there and stay in there for a while. Get out and you think, you know what? My bed looked pretty good. <laughs> and that's how we spent our week. So thank you guys uh, so much for being patient while we were gone. Members, if you're a member here, uh, and we want to remind you that we have a really quick, and I know we never do this, we usually have business meeting once a year. Um, but we have some things that we need to discuss with you uh, concerning uh, Harvest House stuff that we've got going on. So please, if you're a member here, plan to stay after service 10, 15 minutes. We should be able to get it done, okay? Uh, I don't like long business meetings. Neither does Lana. <laughs> Lana looked at me when I said that. Uh, so, uh, so please make plans to be here and to hang around for a little bit. Uh, so that's that. Every Wednesday night, Pastor Ted done a fantastic job on, yeah, on, on, on uh, Wednesday. And I made the announcement of what I was going to preach today. Sometimes it's a mistake. <laughs> All right. Because I woke up Thursday morning running a fever, couldn't speak. Uh, some of you don't know, Perry and Dave and I are part of a, a 50s, 60s, and 70s band, too. We do some other music. And um, we were supposed to have practice that day, and I, I called, I texted Perry. I said, look, I can't do this. I, can't, I, don't, have, I don't have a voice. And... Um, Young adults were meeting, so I ran Reese out to uh, meet with them. And Rachel and Zach and Katie and Reese, I didn't even get out of the car. They just walked to the car and laid hands on me in the car. Uh, Friday I got up, and if you heard the announcement call, still had a little bit of raspiness in there, um, but was feeling better. Yesterday I was back to normal. I want to... When uh, Zach and Rachel and Katie and them prayed for me, my statement to them before I went back home was, I will feel better tomorrow. There's no choice. My body has to, it has to operate that way. And, uh, and I was, I was feeling better. Was it 100%? No. 
it just took another day. Um, every week when we call up our prayer team, I say something, and I said, if you don't know this Jesus the way we've been talking about him, I wanted to introduce you to him. That went through my mind over this. And so it come, I come up with a new series, the whole, well, I did, Holy Spirit did, uh, called Meeting Jesus. I think sometimes we need to meet Jesus all over again. Because we all know about Jesus on the cross. We all know about baby Jesus in the tomb. In, in the tomb. Baby Jesus was on the tomb. <laughs> baby Jesus was in the feeding trough in the manger. We all know about baby Jesus in the, in the manger. We all know about Jesus on the cross. We all know about Jesus in the tomb. But there are things that Jesus did throughout his ministry that sometimes we don't know about. And we wonder. And so what my purpose in this over the next four or five weeks, I don't know how the Holy Spirit says to do something different. Hopefully is we get to know Jesus a little better. We get to know him a little bit differently. Go to John chapter 5, verse 1. John chapter 5. Verse 1. Hey, I did bring it up. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool, which in Hebrew is called Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay great crowds of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the water to move. We're waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel, for an angel came down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. After the stirring of the water, whoever stepped in first was healed of whatever disease he had. A certain man who had an illness of 38 years. Man, that's a long time to put up with something. That's a long time to deal with something. You, you know, we, we, something comes on us and we like, I, I can't take this. It's been a whole day. I know, ladies, you're not like that, but we are. So, well, it, 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 this thing was 38 years this man was dealing with this. And, and, and he was, so he was there for a, pers a particular purpose. Because he wanted healed. Verse 6. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been in that condition now a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed? What kind of question is that? I would have looked at Jesus and said, hey, look around, dude. Why do you think I'm here? He, Jesus knew why he was there. He knew why he had been there. He knew how long he had dealt with this sickness. But Jesus still had the same question to him. Do you want to be healed? See, sometimes we put up with a lot of sickness and a lot of things in our lives a long time. And we're like, well, I just want God. I, I just want God to do it. I just want. But do we really? I think God asks us the same question. Do you want to be healed? He said, Jesus, do you want to be healed? And he's like, man, I'm laying in the pool. I'm sitting here, go on, look what he says here. He said, the sick man answered him, well, of course. He said, sir, I have no one to put me in the water or into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise 
take up your bed and walk. There's no show. There's no fanfare. There's nothing fancy. He looks at him. If some of us would have experienced this Jesus, especially in our culture right now, where somebody's doing something big and exciting over there, so we run over there because we want to see the show. Or something happens over here, we'll run over here because we want to see the show. Jesus didn't put on a show. The Jesus that I want to introduce you, he don't have to have a big show. He don't have to have a big thing. You don't have to have all the lights just right. You don't have to have everything and and the music going, even though I like all that stuff. Jesus asked him first the question, do you want to be healed? In other words, it's up to you what the next part of my ministry is. Jesus told him, it's up to you. The next part of my ministry is up to you. What if healing was put to us that way? That the next part for God to do was totally dependent on what our answer was going to be to him. Do you want to be healed? I was sitting in a service one time, and I may have told some of you guys this, uh, with uh, Bill Johnson was, was preaching, and uh, man, he started just calling out sicknesses, and you know, as us crazy charismatics do. And uh, he said, if you have metal in your arms, won't you come up? And a, a person that we know was there, and I looked around because he had a lot of metal in his arms. His arms were actually held together by it. And I looked around. He's gone. So, so later we went to him and said, man, where'd you go? He said, man, if I went up there then, it'd mess up my money. Now we all like, oh, what's stopping us? When the same question gets asked of us, Do you want to be healed? Yeah, but I want you to do it this way, this way, and this way. Jesus said, just your answer is going to determine the next part of my ministry to you. Do you want to be healed? Notice this man didn't even say yes. He said, I want somebody, nobody can put me in the pool fast enough. They just, they just, everybody gets there before me. How long have we lived that way? We've watched everybody around us get healed and we wonder why they're getting to the pool faster than we are. Well, Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? And immediately Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. He says, and immediately the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked and it was this, that day was Sabbath. So many t- times we need to ask ourselves, do we really want it? Because everybody just looks straight ahead, will get this stone coldest look on your face. That way if this hits you, I don't know it. Because a lot of times our sickness has become our identity. And so we walk in that identity A lot of us don't experience healing because we don't want to give up our identity. 
Oh, are y'all, everybody, everybody go, at least breathe. Well, how can, how can sickness be my identity? Well, my arthritis, my sinuses, my this, my that, my, 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 well, grandma and grandpa had it, so, you know, it's my family. See, we've taken on an identity. Rather than see ourselves through the identity of Christ, the healer, we've taken on the identity of Adam, the sick. And so, when Jesus comes and asks ourselves, we have to ask a very important question here. Do you want to be healed? See, that's going to mean that sometimes, Lana, we have to give up our complaints after this. What do you mean I have to give up my complaints? I can't go over here and say, oh, you know, I'm just barely making it. I'm just barely, not, you know. See, I have to give up those things. I have to let go of that thing because I have to start identifying it. We have to either start identifying as healed or identifying as sick. Are you with me today? Whole new Jesus. This is Jesus the healer. Without fanfare. Without a big giant show. Now, I want to say something. Not yet. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But we identify with sickness. My asthma, my diabetes. We take ownership of this. So today... I want you to accept something different. We've accepted, I look around the room, I know most in here now. Or at least a little bit, I don't, I know of you. I had to reintroduce myself to someone this morning. Uh, twice. That happened to me twice, Todd. <laughs> I want to introduce you to Jesus the Healer. That is who he is. Well, I don't believe in healing. Then you can't really believe in Jesus. They're getting upset over here again. I don't believe in healing. Then you can't say you really believe in Jesus. Because you can't... Are you all okay? You cannot separate Jesus from healing. Or else, if you can't trust him as healer... You really can't trust him as Savior because it's all wrapped up to the same person. How can we learn to trust him in ways that we've never trusted him before? So then we have to ask, well, I don't believe it's God's will to heal everyone. Let's go to John chapter 6. Oh, this is going to be a fun series. Some of this and this is going to be Jesus' meat. Jesus, the provider. John chapter 6, verse 38, he says, For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. So whose will was Jesus doing here? He's doing God's will. Jesus is God. Now, that's another thing. You can't separate Jesus from God because Jesus is God. He wrapped himself in earth's skin to come down here for us. He says here, I came not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. 
So if we look at Jesus and we look at God's will, then let then why do and we was it ever a place in the Word where you can find that Jesus went around making people sick? It's not there. But man, we sure say it. Well, God just tried to humble me. Try, somebody just said something. What was that? He's trying to teach me something. Well, why didn't Jesus do it? Why didn't Jesus try to teach people something? Go around, break a few arms. Kneecap a few people along the way. We cannot find anywhere where Jesus made... So if Jesus was only doing the will of God as he was sent, then the will of God as he was sent is found in the works of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. Is this okay? I want us to meet Jesus more than Savior. More than just get out of hell free card. Matthew chapter 8 Verse 2, then a leper came and worshipped him. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. There's most of our prayer right there. Lord, if you want to. If it, we, we, where in the world did the church get this craziness? If it's your will, Lord. See, it, because if I don't change my identity, what's the word say? Let the weak say I am. Let the poor say I am. <laughs> so if I don't change my identity, I'm always going to find myself having this same question. If you're willing. And if I don't change my identity and I stay sick and I stay in the place where I was at, it's easy to blame God if I guess he just wasn't willing. So I'm just going to stay here. What did Jesus tell the leper? The next words out of your mouth are going to determine my ministry. Do you want to be clean? Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I will. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Listen, we have to understand, again, no fanfare. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus just said, I will. Be clean. Folks, God said, the word tells us, and I may end up going to this scripture in a minute, in, a minute, in Hebrews chapter, I believe it's 13 and verse 8, he says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus' answer was, I will, then, and he doesn't change, guess what his answer is today? I will. I will. I will. I was thinking about Randy sitting back there. Should have been dead. They done gave him up. You know? But what happened was they decided that wasn't going to be the identity 
that they held for him. And so what happened? Zach just mounts a, 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 an all-out assault of worship and prayer and walks around his dad and walks over his dad, speaks over his dad. And he ain't dead. <laughs> I think about Carol. Several years ago, they told her if she had two years, uh, 18 months is what they said, wasn't it, Carol? She looked at me as we laid hands on her one day, and she said, I'm not going to die. And how we're up four years out. They're trying to take the tonsils out of my throat. I was having... I was getting strep throat about five, six, eight times a year. They'd been trying to take my tonsils out. You know when, you're, when everything you do is based around you talking, it's hard just to say, well, go ahead and take my tonsils out. <laughs> and so I finally had given up. I had scheduled surgery. I had some friends coming in here to preach for two weeks because that's what I was going to take off, and I had a dream. Pastor Dave, in this dream, I coughed, and I coughed my tonsils out in my hand. And I told Dee the next morning, I was getting up to go schedule that day. I said, I'm going to go make the schedule, but I'm not going to have surgery. She said, what? I was following doctor's orders. I was going to schedule with them. They said, but I said, I'm not going to have to have this surgery. I dreamed. I coughed my tonsils out in my hand. I'm not going to have to have this. This is not going to be a problem. Well, I get to the doctor's office, and guess what, Michael? They didn't take my insurance anymore. So they can't schedule my surgery. Okay? So they said, we got you an appointment with another doctor in Zanesville. Now, folks, I want to tell you, they had told me for the last 25 to 30 years to have my tonsils out. This wasn't something new. So I go, they were so big they almost touched in the back. I go to the doctor in Zanesville. He says, well, open up. He says, they're going to do what to you? I said, they said it's going to take my tonsils out. I've been needing it for years. Every doctor I go to says, you have to do this. You got to quit getting strep throat eight times a year. You got to quit. He said, your tonsils are so small, I wouldn't touch you. There's no way in the world I would ever do surgery on you. You don't have enough tonsil to take out. But see, I had to change my identity from the guy with big tonsils. I had to change my identity from the guy who just gets strep throat all the time. I had to change, and he had to answer the question, do I want to be healed? And I said, yes. And all of a sudden, my Savior is now my healer. And I know we've got stories all in this room about healing. But sometimes somebody don't get to meet him as such. See, that's why when I wake up and I don't have a voice, my words to Zach and Katie and Rachel and Reese is, I will be better in the morning. I've learned I have to change my identity. When they wanted to replace my knee. Let me tell you something. Some of you don't know. I just want to tell you how much this works. 
Do you know why this chair sits here? Because when I first took this church, my right knee was so bad, I couldn't really handle walking up the steps. And I would have to sit down and use it a lot. Now it became a habit or a testimony, I don't know why. Why? But I was going up, one, I woke up one day, I said, I'm not, they're not going to cut my knee. They're, I'm not going to go through all this. It's not going, to ha it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden, it don't hurt no more. You say, yeah, but you hurt your left knee now. Then I, it's got to be healed too. It has no choice. You know why? Because my God asked me, Jesus asked me, he said, do you want to be healed? I said, yeah, I want to be healed. And so I began to see him, not just my Savior. And Jesus' answer to you today is still, I will. His answer today is still, I will. So if you're in here, you're struggling with sickness, you're struggling with something, the, the question, do you want to be healed? Ready to change your identity from what this thing is. Well, what, don't you have some other stuff going on in your life? Like everyone does, I do. I'll tell you this much. It's nothing that I would, if I would make some changes in my own life that it wouldn't fix automatically. But anytime sudden things come up, I have to run to my healer, not my savior. Well, they just happen to be the same person. But I run to my healer. But why? Why run to him? Why should you take Jesus as your healer? Because he came to do the will of his father. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I don't know if I'm going to get there this week or not. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ with Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed uh, by the devil. Like I said, they have How God anointed Jesus Christ and Nazareth went about doing good and healing how many? Everybody he encountered. He's a healer. And the only ones who didn't get healed under his ministry were the ones who refused to believe him. But why does he do it? Because it's his compassion. Compassion drives Jesus to healing. What is compassion? Compassion means to be moved in the bowels. It means to have compassion. It means sympathy. It means desire to aid in one's ills. It, it actually brings about a term that is so deep that it actually hurts them so bad that they have to help you. They, the way they see you hurt, if you have a kid in here, you understand this. Because when you see them hurt, it hurts you. And so it means to, to, to have that pain. That's what drives Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. Matthew 14, verse 14. And Jesus went ashore and saw a great assembly. And he was moved with compassion toward them. And what did he do? He healed their sick. Again, Hebrews tells us that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So does this mean we should never go to the doctors, never take medicine? If you can find any place where I have said that so far, I got doctors in here that I went to and sit in this room right now. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave people good brains. I hope your doctor has one. But he gave, he gave us these things. But it doesn't replace him as our healer. It doesn't replace him as our healer. Matthew 14, 14, he says that he healed their sick. Why did he heal their sick? Because of his love, his compassion. And he is so compassionate towards you right now. Jump over just a few pages to Matthew 20. I know I'm just teaching more to you today. But I, I think we need to see Jesus differently. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. As they departed from Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There two blind men sitting on by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. And the crowd rebuked them that they should be quiet. You guys shut up. You know what this tells me? There was a crowd around and they could still hear these two guys yelling. Have mercy on us, son of David. They said they rebuked him to be silent, but then they cried all the more. That means they got louder. Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them. What do you want me to do for you? Here's the question. What do you want from Jesus today? Do you want to be healed? What do you want? Well, I just want an overhaul. <laughs> Why don't we start with one thing? Because you don't just overhaul it in a day. If you ever, have you ever restored a vehicle? It doesn't take... You got to buy parts. You got to get the parts. You got to make the parts. You say, why are you telling me this? Jesus could heal me all everything all at once. Absolutely he could. Problem is a lot of folks don't have faith for that. Come on with me. And so what happens, they get disappointed when they leave, and all of a sudden you get up the next day. I announced that I was going to preach on healing Wednesday. Felt fine. Got up Thursday sick. Don't tell me for a moment the enemy won't do you that way. And so when you get up the next day and you feel something, you go, well, I guess it didn't work. You changed your identity again. I guess it did. So how about we pick one? How about we start somewhere? Quit trying to believe God for a Mercedes and you can't even believe for a Pinto. <laughs> Pick somewhere to start. Healing can be a journey. And Jesus stood still and said, what will you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, let our eyes be open." So Jesus had what? Compassion. And he touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. Compassion drives Jesus to heal. Healing has always been on mission for God. 
I just don't believe all this healing stuff. I've seen people pray and people not get healed. What's that got to do with Jesus? It's funny what I put on Ted's results. By G, I, I, I judge Jesus by Ted's result, results. You understand that, right? <laughs> it, healing has always been on Jesus' mission point. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we already, we already read that. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's always been his mission. Healing has all, are you still with me? Healing has always been on mission for Jesus. Then why, are, why isn't everybody healed? I can't answer that for you. But I can't answer one thing for Jesus. It's always been on his mission. It's always been his mission. I can't tell you why some people don't get it, but I can tell you it's always on Jesus' mind. It's always, he always has compassion. So I'm not going to judge somebody else's results. I'm not going to judge Jesus by somebody else's results. I'd rather just judge him. <coughs> they wrote a whole book about his stuff. First John chapter 3, verse 8. Whoever practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has been sitting from the beginning for the purpose, now get this, for the purpose of the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all. Sickness is not a work of God. God does not make you sick to teach you something. That's like me. Well, no, let's not use me. My kid's big enough to fight back now. That would be like Rachel or, or Monica taking Gigi by the arm and said, this is going to teach you something in a minute. Or in some point in your life, this is going to teach you something, breaking her arm. Well, what's it going to teach? And she'll spend the rest of her life trying to figure out what the lesson was. That's exactly how we treated Jesus. Somebody somewhere told us, well, God's just trying to teach you something. And we're trying to figure out what he tried to teach us by making us sick. And there's no answer for that because he didn't know it. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then the purpose, the purpose Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. It's always been his mission. He's always driven by compassion. He never, ever changes. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jump backward to Mark chapter 16. Jump back to Mark chapter 16. Verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. These, these signs will accompany those that believe. 
In my name, they'll cast out demons. Well, I don't believe that. All this demon stuff. Can't help it. Jesus said, in my name, they'll cast out demons. So they'll speak with new tongues. So they'll take up serpents. These are signs that should follow believers. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will... Everybody say it. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Uh, Zach, can you move this for me? They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Pastor Dave, come up here. Pastor Ted, Pastor D. If you're dealing with sickness in this place today, we're going to take a few minutes. We got my brother. These guys, we're just going to lay hands on you.